Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August 24th, 2010. Now, newcomers should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and look at all the free audios for download that you've you've got a choice to choose from. I try to cover an an awful lot of history and show you the big picture of what runs the world. It's not that complex, really, because the whole world runs on money and those at the top pretty well for thousands of years. It 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 didn't take a long time to catch on how to control the world or whole nations. They were doing this in ancient times, too. And everything under them, of course, the banking boys at the top, uh, runs on money. Governments run on money. They have to go cap in hand to the treasurer or the uh, whatever central type bank they have and ask for cash. And they borrow again from their foreign banks. They're all tied in with them. It's a great racket. So it's not hard to understand it. The hardest part is for the public who've been brainwashed into total naivety to uh, break through that naivety into reality. That's the hardest part because we take money for granted. It's there and and grandma gives you a few pens, pennies when you're small and you go off and you buy what you want. From then on, you you never look back. It's it's amazing how ignorant people are to do with money. That's the majority of the population. And when you're on the website, cuttingthroughmedias.com, remember too that you have to support me by buying the books and the discs and so on that I have for sale because I don't take money from advertisers, which I could do, but I could really bore you with a lot of guests that would sell stuff and give you scary pitches and then sell the cures. And this way, of course, I've got a free hand to do what I want to do. So RBN gets the ads straight from the advertisers and the money from them. I've got nothing to do with that. That pays for this airtime and this broadcast and their equipment and their staff and so on and their bills. So will you help me with mine by going into the site and since you are helping yourself too to lots of free information, lots of people use it because I see the same quotes that I give, even my, my own quotes, um, are used in so many different sites. Whole paragraphs are taken off these talks at night too and put into various articles, but they never mention the name that they got it from. That's what happens. But it, it influences a lot of people. So you can purchase the books and so on from the U.S. to Canada by a personal check or an international postal money order from your post office. Uh, you can use PayPal for ordering or donating. And remember, too, um, you just send a PayPal donation and a separate email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you as fast as I can. And across the rest of the world, same idea. Some people just send cash, and that's quite legal at the moment so far until there's no cash. Uh, we're in a cashless society eventually. And you can also use Western Union, which is pretty hefty for a fee, for wiring, or MoneyGram, which I think is cheaper, or again, PayPal to donate or to purchase. Just separate email if you want to purchase with your name, address, and the order, and I will get it out to you. And this whole, what you're living through now today, it's not hard. Again, there's lots of evidence there to what I say. If you go into the big organizations which had a powerful influence on the, the creation of nations, 
in the 17 and 1800s and the beginnings of what we call philanthropies and foundations, which really tax-free havens for the big boys who owned the industries of their day. But they found they could control the direction and steer the direction of their country and in other countries as well by basically designing and bringing a, a, a type of educational system uh, but bringing in a certain type of culture so they brought marketers on board in the era 20th century at Madison Avenue and so on and they combined them all to create the kind of culture that would be easy to control by them, by themselves. But not content with that, they also had great plans for a, a world society. And I'll talk about that when I come back from this break. Hi folks, I am back and we're cutting through the matrix just talking about the big picture of control and how the world is controlled and most folk, strangely enough, we live in our own little worlds and the world spins around us and most folk live in their little milieu of personal friends and little area they live in and they can't imagine how people could rule a world even though they can read it in the paper that we're all going under world government, we're pretty well under it in fact, have been for a long time that the whole of Europe was, over many, many years, uh, amalgamated into one big block, and now they're, they're dismantling the actual countries by regionalizing them. They're actually cutting up countries and selling parts of them off to private corporations. So this was uh, planned at the, begin- at the late um, 1800s, and you can find this in the writings of uh, Karl Marx, even. He talked about trading blocks that would form, and the whole idea of Marxism, I remember too, was apart from just communism, their basic theory of communism, is to eventually have the withering away of the states, the, the nations, as they call them, the states. And um, of course, he was funded to to, to basically work uh, and for the, for the Communist Party, based in London, England, which were where you had the city of London. The city of London ran the world's commerce through the Rothschilds and different other bankers that were there. They, they gave you the London Metal Exchange. All the, the, the metal trading in the world went through there for value, for the price setting. Same with the gold exchange, silver and everything else. And they had those. So these guys have been at, at this for an awful long time, but they didn't do it all by themselves either because there were already organizations that I'm sure produced the Rothschilds as a front uh, to, to manage a good part of the globe. Now, You'll also find in the writings of communism, and here's the key to it, you'll find eventually that communism was financed from the Western world. There's been many books written about it. Um, there's Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution by Sutton, Professor Sutton. An excellent book to, to start off with. There's lots more out there too, giving you detailed, um, factual, uh, provable information documented information of the big banks and the big corporations that helped fund the, the Bolshevik revolution in Russia that gave us the Cold War and all the rest of it many years later. And you say, why would they do that? Well, they were interested in setting up different types of systems, testing them out for the whole world to, to follow, and then would all adapt, adapt to better ones for control over the entire planet. And that's what you have today. You have an amalgamation of Sovietization, 
uh, massive bureaucracy and international corporations at the top, exactly what Professor Carl Quigley said in his book Tragedy and Hope. And you'll also find at the beginning of the 20th century, uh, the League of Nations, when it was set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, another big branch of this control mechanism uh, called the CFR over in the U.S., and every Commonwealth country of Britain has a department of it too, running their show, other politicians belong to it, and your news groups and so on, and your ed- educational leaders, you, you find that they set up plans, five-year plans, 10-year plans, 20-year plans, 50-year plans, 100-year plans for different parts of society, the economy, agriculture, uh, health care, all these kind of things were done according to plans, implementation of plans, and they set them out in so many years so that they'd be completed by a certain period of time. China followed the same technique because that was also uh, communist-inspired, although, again, they were funded by the West. In fact, Lord Bertrand Russell, in his own memoirs, talks about going over there and teaching in universities to get them started off on communism. Why would a British lord get sent over there? So we have this odd amalgamation today of of big governments. Uh, We have massive bureaucracies into every facet of your life. You have the different departments of governments into their different healthcare plans, 5, 10, 15, projects for this, projects for that, 50-year plans, etc. There's actually foundations that work out that that some of the plans, 100-year plans, hence. And they come out with their projections and their target goals exactly the same way as big international corporations set out their strategies for 50 years or 80 years or 90 years down the road. They actually do that. So the world's run like a big, massive business plan. And it isn't just a a matter of greed or power or control. It's also to bring down the population to what they want to manage for themselves, for the future, because we are post-industrial. They don't need so many people, and they want to ensure there's enough resources for themselves, the ruling elite, and their families. And with the use of science, they can basically do so many things now with cloning, etc. They can clone perfect slaves if they want to. More more efficient, probably won't need any sleep. You can create them that way. And um, will take very little to feed. They'll never talk back. They'll never have a rebellion. And they've discussed these things at scientific world science meetings. All this kind of stuff is discussed. And the guys who write it out to you and show you, first of all, the science fiction writers who belong to the Futurist Society, another society funded by the big foundations, once again. And they select certain writers to write novels and put ideas, implanting ideas in the novels to recruit hire members who might go along with this and join them and work just like H.G. Wells was recruited for that very task. And he belonged to the Fabian Society as well. So it's not so difficult to understand how the world is truly run. It's difficult to break out of your own conditioning, thinking, well, number one, nobody would actually do that. Well, that's it. If you believe that, you've had it. And of course, then you know, the second thing is they could never pull it off. That's the typical thing that people fall into. It could never be, they could never pull it off. Well, what's to stop them? The goodness in you? Is, is the goodness itself going to stop them? And then how good are you? What does good mean in this day and age? 
because good to those at the top, and to eugenics and so on, is creating um, the better bodies for their own offspring to, to inhabit in the future. They're at eradication of disease for themselves. They've already said they can't give this to other people down below because we'd live too long and we'd have overpopulation. So again, the sciences are kept secret and they're tiered in bottom level, second level, and third level sciences. The high government where they do the real searching, not research, but searching, are way away, so far away and above anything that we know of. The middle layer are given little gadgets and gizmos that the CIA might use, not all of them either, just certain segments of them. And then the bottom level is left to do research again, stuff that was done long ago, to keep us fooled that they haven't got any further. And technology is so far in advance. The public are trained, as I've said before, to get to the mousetrap. And they start off giving you little bits of cheese along the way until you follow the line of cheese, until you're in the trap. Same thing with the Internet. They couldn't pull this all off so quickly. And as we're on a roll now, without the use of constant surveillance, total surveillance networks, they call it, total. That's all calls, all telephones. Calls, conversations, all faxes, all computer emails, everything is stored for basically ever for them. And you have no privacy whatsoever. That's why they had to kick off the century of change beginning in 2001. Because all the scientists themselves said the century doesn't start till 2001. Not the Y2K nonsense. So they kicked it off with a war on terror, such a vague definition, because terror really is a state of emotion. You're terrorized. And because they can call it that, they they can keep you spooked forever. That's the idea of it. And they can literally, as Carl Quigley said, get more done in five years of warfare. Uh, than than 50 years of peace on a social level. Well, they've done that so fast. Everybody's lost their rights. Nobody minds. Most folk don't mind losing their rights because they don't see it as intrusive. It's interesting, too, when you look at the the big prison systems that have created the central hubs, maybe three tiers of them, uh, high, uh, and uh, the prisoners don't mind, even though they know they're being watched 24 hours a day because the lenses are not obtrusive. They found the same thing. And I've read the articles here where they've got, they put cameras in elderly people's homes, but they've disguised them in such a way, even fisheye lenses and so on, that the people uh, don't see these things turning to watch them. And therefore they're unobtrusive and they forget they're there. That's how easy it is. Study your target, study the animal, man the animal, that's what they say at the top, and find his habits and how he reacts to things, his behavior. That's why Skinner was so important in behaviorism and many of his ilk. And then you simply alter something in their, in their environment to make them change their behavior. That's why they gave you the computer that alters not just your environment, it takes away 90% of your life sometimes, especially trying to fix them. So we're, we're literally treated like animals, being well studied, and going into a world order. And many people have said, too, why don't they just kill us all off now? Well, if they killed us all off now, they'd have an awful lot of, um, Mess to clean up, put it that way. And they haven't quite finished everything yet. We see, we work for money. And we, ourselves, um, get paid by money. And then you buy what you need. We don't go out and hunt anymore, and so we should be, but we don't. And um, we're dependent on money. And we build the things 
we build all the machinery of surveillance for them. All the employees, all the different contractors pass them down to their employees and they build all the gizmos and gadgets. The NSA employs employees to monitor every call, etc. Your, your secret societies, which are your MI6, your CIA and all the rest of it, and a whole bunch of other ones, are all employees. And they run on money. They live on money. One day they won't be necessary either. And I used to wonder about that because... I thought, well, how can you have the withering away of the state, according to, to Marx and Lenin and others? And remember, too, Lenin did say that communism and the dictatorship would only last for about 70 years. And that's when the wall came down. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix Just saying that they still need us They still need the public to build the things that they, they, they're going to live in and so on. We've built so many underground bases for them It's astonishing Some have even been shown on television On public broadcasting in CBC Canada Like Cheyenne Mountain An incredible feat of engineering And, I, and one of the science magazines, of course Or, or mechanics magazines they, they showed you how this thing was built It was just quite the, the feat in, indeed And remember, it must have taken A couple of thousand people to, to work on that No one opened their mouths about it All kinds of workmen Right down to labourers No one opened their mouths and said a darn thing so they kept that quiet for long enough. And then we've had a series on television. I've mentioned them. They're in my archive section. The links to see the videos of the guys in Britain. I think Thomas was one. Uh, he goes around um, and shows you some of the underground bases in Britain built uh, during the, even before the Cold War, I think, and, uh, and how they've taken them off the maps now, even though you can drive right up to them. You won't get in, but you can drive right up to them. So the elite have always taken care of themselves, regardless of what's going to happen to the public, even if the elite appear to be fighting each other, which I don't really think they are. Not nowadays, at least, they're not fighting each other at all. But they're using the last remaining country that must still think it's great, and that's the U.S., to finish off its job of standardization of the whole world and finish off those few countries uh, that have refused to have their central banking system and join the World Bank and have their debt system. And that's why they're in Iraq. And that's why they're in Afghanistan. That's part of the reason, uh, because they've got a lot of plans for Afghanistan, pipelines and all the rest of it. But um, that's how they work. They still need the, the, the public yet. And when you think that, well, that they haven't been killing you off, I've given enough evidence on this show that they certainly have been over a long time uh, by reading their own documentation. And we see all the effects, for instance, with uh, the various diseases that have broken out in the last uh, 10, 15, 20 years. And at the top, when you go into the big books like The Coming Plagues, and these kind of books put out for universities, uh, these guys are all high up there and biowarfare companies. Most of these, these top professors certainly are. That's a real field, is biowarfare. Everything that comes out starts off for warfare purposes in every field before it gets put down to any useful purpose for the public. So, 
you've got to understand that um, they do have their big, big plans. And I've read the think tank reports for the for NATO, for the British Department of Defense, and for NATO, and also the one for the United States military, and they're identical, their projections for the next 50 years or so, uh, where they say that by the year 2050, the population will drastically be reduced. They didn't see why it would drastically reduce. Uh, and they had all the countries listed as to how far they would drop and how quickly. Hi, folks. I'm back again. We got cut off again. We're trying to figure out what this problem is because it seems to be neither end. It's something in between. It's one of these ghost problems that cuts us off every other night at exa- exactly pretty well the same time every night just before the break or as the break starting at 8.30. So I'm, I'm puzzled. They're puzzled at the other side. And even Bell Telephone put a trap on it this end today to see what was a problem, and they couldn't find anything problem, any problems with this line either. So it's a mystery, unless the big boys at the top are just playing games, which they can do very easily nowadays, of course. There's no big, it's no big deal for some youngster who's been recruited to listen to phone calls to play little games as he's passing his time. He's awfully bored, you see. But getting back to the big agenda and the big plan, as I say, uh, there's, you cannot believe how incredibly clever the think tanks are that they employ. They, they get the brightest and the best across the world to work in the think tanks. And these guys are, are, are in every special field of sociology, behaviorism, psychology, ethnology of all kinds. And it's, no, it's no, not a difficult thing at all to lay out long-term plans and take the world down or shape it into the direction you want to go. Generally, it's two combined, both combined. The wonderful United Nations that the Royal Institute of International Affairs created um, is a great helper to society, really is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Because you have to just look into them, look into their sites and look into all the different umbrella organizations they've attached to them. Every top NGO, every politically correct NGO, all the big foundations are attached to them. And they all have the same agenda, which is drastic depopulation. Health programs across the world, which are really nothing more than sterilization groups they are putting out there, health clinics. They don't really care about women at all. They just want to bring the populations down, as Kissinger said in his own memo years ago. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're back cutting through the matrix talking about the big boys themselves and you cannot really believe how incredibly pragmatic they are, let's put it that way, when it comes to being born at a certain level, going into a very high academia and actually being brought up with your parents chatting about things too which you'd never ever say in the public to the public whatsoever, never get published. But when you go into the writings of some of the big boys, all they ever talked about was depopulation. Depopulation, depop, over and over, for the whole of the 20th century into the present time. 
We know that the the big club that's met with Oprah Winfrey and Bill Gates and and other ones, some of them actually call it the lucky sperm club, meaning they're 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 better up there. You know that's why they're up there, better genes than you have. And how they were, their whole thing was about depopulation. That was their main topic they were discussing. And we hear these things, we think, well, I guess they don't really mean it. Or maybe it's a kind of wish thing that if they could only rule the world, they'd do this. But they don't rule the world, so they won't do it. No, when they make plans at the top, and they have, as I say, for a 100 years, they, they, they introduce it until you see things happening uh, in statistics every year, like the sperm count dropping in the male, the Western male. Now it's going across the other parts of the world as well. That's how it's done. You don't tell uh, the people what you're doing. You don't ask for volunteers. They'd object. And so what you do is you simply introduce it into the food or the water or give them inoculation. The very things that Bertrand Russell put forth in his own book, and I've read it on the air quite a few times. And many others have said the same thing. And as I say, when they go out to, to give uh, health care and all that across the world, it's really about uh, what they call family planning, which again sounds nice, which again goes back to Margaret Sanger, who said that children were weeds. She's, she was the founder of Planned Parenthood. And what that really means is sterilization of the unfit. They don't just uh, terminate pregnancies unwanted pregnancies at the top in other countries, in third world countries, they actually sterilize them in the process like they did in, in Peru. About a year or so ago it came out and I read the article again on the air. It's in the archive section at cuttingcremates.com where they not only they, they told the women they were, they were getting operations for abortions, but they didn't tell them they were also going to sterilize them in the process. This has happened over and over across the world because this is a prime thing for those at the top. Prime thing. So we're, we're living in some kind of dreamland. Most folk live in a, a half-conscious, not even half-conscious these days, with so much entertainment and uh, the little milieu, as I say, of friends and, and the place they can walk in, in a circle. That's their little world. They don't realize what's really happening at the top because these big world meetings go on. Every day of the week you'll find one going on somewhere discussing these topics. And governmental departments on population control like they have at the World Health Organization. What do you think control means? And everyone's born into a system where they've been taught for years that they're democratic and they have rights and all the rest of it. That's why you're into double think. You can't believe they're actually doing it. You've got rights. Well, they don't care about your rights. The whole rights thing was nonsense. They let you work up to a powerful state for for a, a few years, really. And for really since the 50s onwards, they gave the public, for about 20, 25 years, a good little piece of their paycheck back to spend on goodies and things, which they never had before. They gave the ordinary people the ability in the U.S. and Canada the chance to buy their own home for the first time. And now they're taking it all away again because they don't need you to feel great and go off and fight all their wars globally for them. I always liken this to a, a locomotive. When they're setting off a part of an agenda, it's full steam ahead for half of the way. And just when you know that you're going to take another few hours to get to your destination, they put the brakes on at the rear to slow you down. Well, that's what they're doing to the U.S. I've said for years, when the U.S. finishes off its job of subduing the rest of the world under this global system, and central banking system, they'll also be dismantling it back home, and that's what they've been doing. Here's an article here 
And it's from, it's an interesting because Kaiser Global Health is a big corporate, a big foundation that's into all these things I'm talking about. You can go into the history for yourself, but I think it was started off by a guy who just got lucky and, and basically built up a shipyarding business awfully quickly after leaving school, all that usual nonsense they give you. But this article is from August 17, 2010. And it's about Hillary Clinton. She, she was speaking at this big world meeting about President Barack Obama's. Do you know what Obama supposedly, all by himself, he dreamed this up, a 63 billion global health initiative? to spread across the whole planet while they're dismantling your health care back home. It's just not, when, health, when they say health at the top, they have a different uh, meaning, interpretation of health care from their point of view, their perspective, than you do. Do you understand that? They talk about the health of the planet and then talk about your health care. What, what do you think is coming first here? So you're going to spend $63 billion at least. Now that's from the government. That's not all the foundations as well. They put billions into this every year. So it's during a health speech on Monday at John Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies. Every university in the planet is in on that because they all take big grants from foundations. That's how they guide education. And that's how they guide what you're going to be indoctrinated with the next generation by the professors you put in there. And along with your big massive grants come suggestions on what to teach, you see and what professors to put in, etc., if you want those big cash grants. So it says, with a careful nod to the Bush administration's major efforts in global health care, the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, PEPFAR, and the President's Malaria Initiative, Clinton laid out the basic... See, there's, there's, there's a, a whole bunch of them going back. They've all been working on this. Because, you see, presidents are just front men. And this is an ongoing agenda. So the, the, the I don't know if the GHI, a new approach informed by new thinking and aimed at a new goal to save the greatest possible number of lives, both by increasing the existing health uh, programs and building upon them to help countries develop their own capacity to improve health of their own people. But when you really scroll down it and down it and down it, it's into really uh, depopulation, family planning, aim most of the propaganda at the women because they don't want them having children. Again, go back to the to, to the bills and so on that. Um, Henry Kissinger put out back in the 70s, outlining this. The biggest threat, they said, at that time was from third world countries. But he didn't rule out the fact you'd have the problem within your own countries as well. So remember that. And then we see two the kind of things that um, occur in the papers as well. Many girls now begin puberty at age seven and eight. And this article here um, is from Business Week. And it says uh, the rate of early onset has doubled for seven-year-old white girls, the study finds. That's Monday, August 9th. And it says the onset of puberty is continuing to drop amongst American girls, with many girls as young as seven and eight now showing beginnings of breast development, new research shows. Right? Now, they put an excess of estrogen and related estrogen products into the food supply. And it's into the water supply as well. What it does to the male is basically sterilize them. If the mother is pregnant with a male child and she ingests this stuff or even it can, it can go through the skin as well through her uh, cosmetics, which are heavy in bisphenol A, if they can hit the child between 8 and 12 weeks of pregnancy in the womb, then the guy literally will 
He'll never develop his, his sexual organs properly. And he'll be, of course, uh, the new type in between, which we have today, is skyrocketing. And they have a very sort of narrow body, no real shoulders and all the rest of it. But what it does to girls here, it makes them develop much, much faster because they aren't really producing their own to the same extent. It's getting put into their systems through bisphenol A and other types of estrogen. But the male definitely is getting phased out here. Who's the biggest problem down to the, from this agenda down through the ages? It's always been the man. Just in warfare, you dispose of your enemy. It's quite simple. Again, pragmatic. Who are your enemies? Uh, what have they stood up and fought for in the past? Well, they stood up for their family, for their tribe, for, and eventually for nations when nations were formed, probably by the bankers too. And when you take those things away from them, they have nothing left to fight for. So they're easily managed and they go along to get along. So I'll put this link up at cuttingthroughmedics.com at the end of the show. But here's an article here, right, from Asia Times. It ties right in with the babies with breasts shock Chinese. Uh, August the 17th, 2010. And it's, uh, it's from the China News. So once again, China's most vulnerable citizens as babies are the central figures in a food safety scandal. Two years ago, milk powder tainted with industrial chemical melamine. That's what they used to feed us. And they still put it into food here yet, by the way, melamine. It's a byproduct of the plastics industry. A, a clever guy at the top managed to say, well, really under the microscope, it really looks like a, a protein. So they'll classify as a protein and put it in your food. Well, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And they do. So here's hit in China in big doses. So this is a team with industrial chemical melamine killed six infants and left 300,000 more suffering from kidney stones. By the way, the big companies were involved in that, the big food companies. If you think they're independent, the big international corporations are not independent businesses. You get the appearance of competition. Nestle was one of the companies that China named for, for doing this in, in China. That's the guys that make chocolate for your little children, right? And their parents are blaming the NASDAQ-listed company that produces the baby formula they were drinking. Baby formula. But they were doing it in the West, too. So I'll put this article up as well, just to to show you um, what I'm talking about. It's just astonishing how this goes on and on. And remember, too, that Monsanto was the first company ever blamed for pouring stuff out of one of their their factories into the water supply of some people in the States. It was a, they got this water literally from a kind of stream that flowed through a town. And for years, the children, were, were, the, the, the girls were, were hitting puberty very, very early. It wasn't documented, documented in the various news articles and science magazines. Then they said it was stuff that Monsanto was, was flushing out their their pipes that led into it, a, a sort of hygienic thing to flush their pipes out, they claimed. But, but these are these are tests that are going on. That's what that is, it's tests. And now the same big company that, was, that helped with Agent Orange and all the rest of these warfare things is now bringing you your food. It's one of the biggest companies to bring you your modified food across the world. Are you really that thick? Are you really that thick that you can't see that bio-warfare companies are now creating your food? They're engineering your food for you. And at the same time, these bio-warfare companies want to bring down the population and feed you at the same time. Something doesn't sound right here. Hmm? 
So we're under attack, and we have been under attack for a long time with increased inoculations, uh, more and more and more. I've lost count of the amount of inoculations children get before the age of two now. It's just astronomical. Your, Your immune system in a young baby is not developed. What's the point in giving it vaccines? Because its immune system can't copy anything or go and produce its antibodies. It's bogus. What's it really designed to do in that case? Well, you see that this massive increase, supposedly, in attention deficit disorder and hyperactivity and all that. What you're really seeing is different degrees of autism. Damage to the person. That's what we're really seeing. We didn't have that years ago. Autism used to be rated about one, one in a, an astronomical figure. It was, it was a huge figure, 150,000 or whatever, and it always took the same course. The child never developed from birth, never got to the stage where it said dada, mama. And then suddenly, in the 70s, out comes this new type. It's now the, the type, right after it gets its first set of shots. And no longer, it used to say dada, mama, it no longer can say that. What do you think that is? But no, they'd never do that, right? They'd never do that. No one would do that. There's a site I'm going to put a link to tonight, and it's called Vaccination Education. It gives you a lot of information to, to, as I say, give you um, informed choices on vaccinations. And it also reiterates what the, the, the big boys have tried to keep secret, but they have published, you know, but they don't really make a big deal out of it, but they do show you all the adverse effects of different uh, vaccinations and so on on the general public and statistics and all the rest of it. And it's rather horrifying. Horrifying. We are under attack, and that's what I'm saying. We have been our whole lives. Some succumb to it pretty quickly. Other ones came down with crippling diseases, long-term. That's what I mentioned last night. A lot of the biowarfare studies and conducted by Fort Detrick and other places uh, looked at debilitating diseases. Not fast kills, but slow takedowns. Because a slow takedown, of course, is a great thing for the health industry. They're going to profit off that greatly uh, for years, uh, treating that person for all their different symptoms. But it also fulfills another uh, part of the agenda, in that it makes the, pers- the person ineligible for a marriage partner who wants someone who is constantly asleep and sick and tired. That's the real world. And they do have their plans for the future and their much smaller society, and they do have their 50-year plans and 10-year plans for other parts of it, etc., 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 they knew when they set up the European Union exactly how long it would take to bring it into a completely condensed, consolidated block under a new parliament, even though they lied about it in the beginning, in 1948. Then in the 1950s, they set up the Club of Rome meeting, and uh, that's when they came out with uh, the more sophisticated plans for it. And they decided then how long it would take before they'd finally amalgamate the whole lot and lie to the public. They're told they'd have to lie to the public in all countries. There was just, it was nothing to do with an amalgamation. It was just an economic idea to help them with free trade and prosper, etc. And we can't get it through our heads. They were talked to like children all the time. 
We can't understand. We can't believe that. We can't believe that grown men will get up there, that you think, you've been trained to think, are prestigious people who would lie to you, lie to whole nations. You know, like, I didn't have sex with that woman. Remember that one? They do a lot more, a lot worse things than that. They lie to you all the time. And presidents and prime ministers read whatever the scriptwriter writes for them. They don't write anything. The scriptwriter knows what the agenda is. You don't even need a president who does. It's quite something, isn't it? Now, we're treated like animals now. We've seen it too with increased shootings with police. You know, in the United Nations, armies at war with each other are not allowed to use what they call hollow points, or the old name is dum-dum bullets, uh, on each other. But, uh, of course, it, it doesn't mean that they can't use it within their own countries. And Canada and other countries start to use hollow point bullets, claiming the old type went right through their victim and left the, the police uh, in danger. So they brought in that to kill them on the spot. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, we're back. We're cutting through the matrix, just talking about how we're being dehumanized now with, um, and get, we're being trained to be dehumanized, that we're just another animal. So anything goes like, the, let's say, the hollow point bullets, and cops can use them in different countries now. And that's pretty well guaranteed to blast a hole through anybody, a big hole at that too. But they can't use it in warfare against other nations under the Geneva Convention. Uh, they're also using the tasers. It's, there's so many taser incidents now across the world, people getting burned to death that you can't even, you can't eat, there's no point in mentioning it, it's passe now, it's just too common. We accept things, we adapt into them. And here's another article here about new laser guns to be used on inmates in prison in the U.S. in Castaic, California. So it says here, uh, gonna, it fires a blast of invisible heat. It's a laser gun. It says, all military weapons must be tested on humans. Major loopholes exist that allow U.S. governments to test experiments on individual and populated geographical areas. Well, remember I mentioned last night what happened in Florida with the dengue fever and who caused that. But they've also sprayed other things across the U.S. too. California, the naval ships back in the 60s sprayed a type of flu apparently from their decks. They just opened these tanks and sprayed the place the wind carried it in. And then they, they followed the health of different people as doctors would send in their charts to the, to the different um, associations they belong to. That's the real world that we live in. Now, there's a caller there. I'll see if you can get him. It's Scott from Wisconsin, I think. Is it Scott? Hello, Scott? Are you there? Hi, Alan. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. We're in the way here. Yep. Yeah, I wanted... You know what? You just, uh, first time listening to you, wow. you got great, great knowledge, brother, and wisdom. You know, um, when they said... Uh, I'm a spiritual man, so when you know the Bible, a lot of it just comes to easier, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. When they say one world order, and what it is, is the one world order of the Antichrist. And he is yeah, going... Well, I, I tell you, as I say, it's um, 
there's no doubt. There's no doubt. It's it's and completely anti-human. Absolutely, yeah. And he's going to control all the world leaders, and he's going, like you said, he's going to try to destroy as many as he can in in all the ways that you've been talking about. But you know what, Alan? There's one thing that's going to be done in the end. All these guys, listen up. I know they're listening to us. All these guys and these leaders and uh, these all around the country in these elitists of the Bilderberg, the Rockefellers, they're going to have their date in front of the Lord and then they're going to be thrown in the lake of fire or brimstone. Well, I'll tell you what I want. I want, I want to have my vengeance and see it happening because personally I think that, that if God put you in the planet, he didn't expect you to sit back and do nothing like people are doing today. They sit back, they do nothing. Uh, most of them, by the way, are quite content with the way things are right now. They've adapted into the little cell phones there. They know they're being monitored and everything. They don't mind whatsoever. They've got all the porn they want to watch on, on uh, you know, on the, on the internet. They made sure of that. They don't bother closing these sites down. And, um, they're having like, a wonderful time, they think. Their whole culture is created for them. I just want to say one more thing, Alan. You think about Stalin and Hitler. What did they do to the people? They supplied them with food and shelter, but they dumbed them down. And that's oh, what yeah. they've done is- Everybody is dumbed down today. No, hardly anyone, hardly anyone's escaped this. That's true. Yeah. But that's the music coming in, though, Scott. Thanks for calling. But it's true, most folk have been affected one way or another, either physically, mentally, or both. And you've been under war for an awful long time and no one knew it. From Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.